Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. In the book of Daniel, the third chapter, and the 17th verse, and we're so happy to be here with the Christmas today. His family and I have been friends since our boys were babies, David and Linda and Jennifer, and it's just been uh, hard to believe it's been that many years since you went, since you started at, at the anchor. Wow, doing a great job here, and I'm glad they're here today. Praise God! And and my wife and I are retired. Second time. It's good to be retired. Praise God, but it's good to be here. Let's read Daniel 3 and 17. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word that it's anointed. Thank you for all these wonderful people that's gathered here at this church today to lift up your name. Touch our hearts and our minds with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. You may be seated. And I'm glad my wife is here with me today. We, have, we will be married 49 years this year. Time goes, doesn't it? Last week, uh, Pastor Aaron Bounds and I and uh, one of my grandsons went up to my old home place where mom's house. I can't believe how much it changed. I would have never dreamed everything had changed. Even up the hollow, we lived up a hollow down there. There's only one way up and one way out. It was probably 20 houses burned down or 20 abandoned and 15 burned down. I don't know. No wonder our insurance is so high. But it's just went down so terrible it was... But there's a lot of good memories up there. And uh, went by where the old church used to be, where I came to the Lord in 1968. It's all torn down now. Things don't stay the same, do they? But God stays the same, doesn't he? Praise God. Daniel said, if it be so, our God whom we serve. I'd like to talk about the God that I serve today. He's an amazing, incredible God. And we know the story when they threw Daniel in, uh, when they threw the three Hebrew children into the burning fiery furnace, and they told the king, said, "We're not careful to answer you in this matter. God's able to deliver us, but if He don't, we're still not going to bend, and we're still not going to bow." And so he was so angry that he cranked the furnace up seven times hotter than normal, and he had these great big dudes. Probably like a guy I go to the gym with. Well, he's there at the gym. I think he oils up before he goes. <laughs> he's just as shiny as can be. And his arm armholes in his shirt go all the way down here. He wants everybody to see that he's a brute. <laughs> That's probably what they look like. And they grab those little Jews and, and they cast them into the fiery furnace. And the Bible says it slain the men that forced them into, their, into the furnace. And the king was in a fit of rage, and 
And all of a sudden, he looked over the rail. He said, how many did we throw in there? And they said, three. He said, well, I see four walking around. And the fourth man that I see, he's like the Son of God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you what, he is a deliverer today. There's nobody like him in all the earth. I dreamed uh, two Thursdays ago. I dreamed I was preaching on the God I serve. I like to preach in my sleep. Last night wasn't too pleasant. I, I had just fallen asleep, and, and there was a, I woke up, and there was a, probably shouldn't tell you this, but there was an angelic being beside of my bed. Scared me to death. That's twice in about four or five days. And I, I said, what are you doing? My wife said, what's going on? You're talking in your sleep. But I'm telling you what, I believe the angels of the Lord are encamped around about them that love him today. And I don't know what he was doing there, but he might have been protecting me. Cancer might have came in last night, and that angel, the hand of the Lord, might have stopped that from happening. But I dreamed the other night I was preaching on the God I serve, and, and I was preaching about that there's no equal to the God I serve. He's an incomparable God. And I was saying in my dream, for every Robert Fulton, there's a Thomas Edison that's equally as great. For every Alexander Graham Bell, there's a Benjamin Franklin that's equally as great. For every Christopher Columbus, there's a Neil Armstrong. For every, for every Anne Hasseltine, there's a Florence Nightingale. For every Steve Jobs, then you've got Elon Musk. And every time you think you're above being equal with anybody, there's somebody that will match you in intelligence or strength. My brother Matthew, he was the strongest man that I've ever known. I've seen him grab big guys in the mines and wall them up in a ball and spit tobacco juice in their ears. He was mean. When he, when he was 75, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have got in arm reach of him. Because he was strong. And he told me, he said, I, I got hung up. He was somewhere and got hung up. And he knocked on the door. And he said, I'd been drinking. And he said, this guy came to the door and said, I said, hey, I'm hung up. I need you to pull me out. He said, I'm not pulling you out. And he said, I, he said, I cursed him and turned around and walked off. And said, I was walking around the house. And he said, I ran into a fist as big as a dinner bucket. He said he knocked me down, and every time I'd try to get up, he would stop me. And finally, I got enough sense to just to lay there. You see, he was a strong guy, but he found out there was somebody equally or even more stronger than what he is. Yeah. But I can search the wrong annals of proud Roman Greece, the tombs of war, and the chronicles of peace. I can ransack the old and modern rolls of fame in search of a splendor of a name. But there's no name like the name of the God I serve. His name is Jesus. He's the almighty God. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's higher than the highest and greater than the greatest. He's mightier than the mightiest. Praise God. I'm here to tell you today, he always was, he always is, and he always will be. He's unmovable, he's undefeatable, he's unchangeable, and he's the God that's in this house today. And there's nobody like him in all the earth. 
Praise God. There's no God like the God I serve. Man, he's more than a king. He's the king of kings. He's more than the Lord. The Bible says he is the Lord of lords. Revelation 19 and 16. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. But he's right here in this place. I'm amazed that he, he comes right within the confines of my heart today. And I feel his presence in this little wonderful church in Cambridge, Ohio today. Aren't you glad he came here today? There's nobody like him. Praise God. Hallelujah. I was thinking the other day about all the things God is. And, and I was reading through some notes about for Aaron. He was Aaron's rod that budded. If you don't know anything about the Bible, you won't understand what I'm talking about. But he was Daniel's lion tamer. He was David's giant killer. He was Elijah's mantle. He was Elijah's double portion. When Elijah was, was uh, subservient to Elijah... And he said, uh, you know, I, the Lord was getting ready to take Elijah away. And he, he said, uh, uh, ask what you will, and I'm going to grant it to you. He said, well, I want a double portion of what you got. He said, you're asking a hard thing. But if you're with me and you see me go up, Amen. it's going to happen. And he turned around and said, you just stay here. They go to a town. He said, you stay here. I, I'm going on to He said, no. Nope. Where you go, I'm going to go. And he get to the next town. He said, you stay here. And he said, no, I'm going where you're going to go. You know what he had? A, he had a desire to have a double portion. Man, if you've got a deep desire, God is in the house and he wants to supply your need. Praise God. And Elijah was caught up and he dropped that mantle, that that. That fell off of him and it, it fell on his shoulders and, and he walked over to the river and took it and said, in the name of Elijah's God. And when it did, that river parted and he went right through on dry ground. And he did almost double. Almost. He liked one miracle doing double what Elijah did. And he died and they put his carcass in the grave. Here it is, nothing but bones laying in the grave. And these two guys were carrying this dead man that had got killed in battle. And they were running, and they looked, and the enemy's coming, so they couldn't outrun him as long as they had that corpse with them. So they just pitched him in, the, in there where the prophet's bones were at. Man, I'm telling you what, when he hit the prophet's bones... That hit that corpse came alive. It made the double miracle that Elijah had done. I'm telling you what. That old that dead man got up. Could you imagine running from your enemy and you look around and the dead guy you just threw in the graves chasing you? They probably ran like they never ran before. You ever been afraid? I've been afraid. I remember I came back when I was dating her before we got married and, and I was walking through the backyard and we didn't have a street light or anything and I was walking and all of a sudden something hit me in the calf of my leg really hard and I jumped up in the air real high and took off running and I got in the house. Mom said, what's wrong with you? You're white as a ghost. I said, I've been snake bit. <laughs> and I pulled my pants leg up and there wasn't any holes in my leg. The next day, I mean, I was scared out of my mind. I thought a rattlesnake had bit me. 
The next day, I went down in the yard and I looked and there was a coat hanger. You could step on it, it'd hit you in the leg. <laughs> but fear is an amazing thing if you let it. You can imagine a ghost behind every bush. Just go sit in the graveyard on the tombstone for a little while and see if your imagination doesn't start to play tricks on you. My dad, my dad was a prankster. And uh, his sister was dating this guy they called Long Tom. And dad said he had like a 13 shoe. And so him and his buddy decided that they were going to scare him because you had to walk through the cemetery going to my grandma's house. And, and so they got a white sheet and dad's buddy, he hid and put that sheet over him. And dad, he was hiding over behind a tree just to watch the show. And he said, when Long Tom came through there, dad said that his buddy jumped up and started chasing him. And going, Dad said, oh, Long Tom was picking them up and putting them down. Dad said, it looked so real and scary. He said, I threw a rock at it and ran myself. <laughs> Praise God. And I have no idea why I told you that. But I'm telling you what, I don't have to be afraid because I've got the master and he's in control. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Ephesians 3 and 20, Now unto you, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's a lot. He can do anything. You believe that? Amen. I was thinking last week, he's a great mechanic. When I was home missions director for West Virginia, I bought a tractor and trailer load of, of um, air conditioners and plumbing and electrical. And, and my brother was building a house, and so I could sell enough to help pay for the load. I gave $2,600 for the load, and I let missionaries come and just pick out anything they wanted for their new church or their home. And, and so my brother came in from Florida, and, and I let him go and pick out what he wanted. I had faucets and bathtubs and you name it. I had all kinds of stuff. And we were headed back to Ripley from Point Pleasant from the youth camp. And he was going to go home to Florida. And we got right out in the country and his truck quit. And there wasn't any cell service and no traffic. And he, don't, he doesn't know God. Man, I tell you what I did. I just, he watched me. I laid my hand on that truck dash. I said, God, in Jesus' name, let this truck start. I said, okay, try it. Vroom. I'll give you his phone number. You can call him. He made it all the way to Mims, Florida, and when he pulled in his driveway, his truck quit. He's told all kinds of people about that. But you know what? It's the God I serve. We, we flew in from Salt Lake City when I was building a church there, and somebody gave me a church fan, and, and uh, James Kirk did it, and uh, wherever it is up here in Ohio on Route 70, Newark. But anyway, we, we were headed back to, and we got in, um, man, Nebraska, and all of a sudden that thing went boom, and smoke flew out. Big cloud. One of the guys said, what's wrong? I said, our transmission just blew up. Man. And, and here we are. We're miles away from an exit. You know what I did? I laid my hand on the dash of that man. I said, God, in Jesus' name, let this man run. 
that thing just went I cruised on down the road about 75 mile an hour got to the next exit it quit at the top of the ramp and we coasted right into a truck stop the God I serve the song says can still move mountains the God I serve can calm a raging sea there's nobody like him in all the earth. And I don't care if it's a simple thing. He hears and answers prayer. Amen. I was preaching in Glen Ferris a while back. And, and there was a young man. He's my nephew. And he came up. Now he's married and he had kids. But, but when I pastored there, he was just a little guy. And he came up one day. And uh, I would already walk back to the door to greet people. I, while they were dismissing, he said, I need prayer. I mean, he's redneck to the bone, I'm telling you. I need prayer. He said, kids at school, they pick on me all the time. I got warts all over my hand, and I need prayer. You think God cares about a wart? <laughs> Man, we just took the anointing on, and I just laid hands on him and spoke the name of Jesus. A week or two later, same thing. I was walking back. He said, I want to testify. He said, I came up for prayer. He's only about 10 years old. He said, and I had all those boards, but look, all of them has fallen off. I'm telling you what, the God I serve cares about your need. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. Praise God. He answers prayer. Hallelujah. He's the Lamb, and He's the Light, and He's the Holy One of Israel. He's my Messiah. He's my bright morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's the lily of the valley. And there's nobody like Him in all the earth. All the armies that ever marched, and all the navies that ever sailed, and all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned have never been a bit comparable to the king that I serve. He's the mighty God. And he's here in this house today. Man, he's the hope for the broken, and he's, he's salvation for the sinner today. Praise God. He cares where you're at. I was at work at Cantleton Industries, and uh, I, I'd go in every day. I worked, I worked the weekend, and I'd run a, I ran a loader. It, you could just go right through this building, and the bucket was huge. You had to climb a ladder to get in the cab. The tires were, it'd pick up 50 ton, the one I ran, and the other one would pick up 100 ton. It had a bigger bucket. I did the same job every day. And we were sitting in a little room about the size of this platform. And I sat down by this guy, and he was a preacher. He said, preacher, you see that guy named Greg over there? I said, yeah. He said, his life's a wreck. Man, he needs you. And I'm thinking, aren't you a preacher? Why aren't you helping him? But I went home that night, and I told the Lord, I said, God, there's a man at work that, that they the brother told me he needs you. He needs help. His life's a mess. If you would, Lord, let me work with him. And I went to work the next day, and I did the same job every day. And the boss said, Frank, you're going with Greg today. You're running a dozer today. I thought, I can't run a dozer. But I wasn't going to tell the boss that. I thought, oh, Greg will show me how to turn it on. <laughs> I'll mess with it a while. And Man, I got in the truck with Greg, and he said, Preacher, I just prayed last night and asked God to let me work with you today. 
Ooh, hallelujah. I thought, you the man. I feel the Holy Ghost. I witnessed to him all the way up. We had to drive way up on the mountain to where we were working. I witnessed to him at dinner time, and I witnessed to him all the way back for two days. That weekend, he came to church, ran to the altar. I buried him in the baptistry in Jesus' name, and he came up speaking in tongues. He said, I'd like my wife to come, but she won't come to a Pentecostal church. She's Catholic. She was there the next Sunday, ran to the altar. I baptized her. She received the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because there's nobody like him. The Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick, and God will raise them up. I've got confidence in God. Praise God. If I pray, he's going to answer. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't feel like I only had four hours sleep and I'm 60-some years old. Seven, she reminds me. <laughs> Praise God. We came back in Salt Lake City. And I was supposed to went to Charlotte to start a church, but the superintendent pinned me in a little teeny town. Wouldn't, I mean, he said, you can't go past here, you can't go past here. And I said, I finally told him, I said, I'm not coming. So here I am. One little boy asked us one time, we was preaching. He said, where do you live? I said, in my car. I'm homeless. We didn't have a home. We spent some time with Pastor Aaron and some time with Pastor David. And, uh, man, we, we were, uh, one brother asked me, he said, would you, uh, would you go to Apostolic Conference if I paid for it? I said, sure, I'd like to go. So we were sitting way back, about 10 or 11 rows back. There was hundreds of preachers and their wives there. It was a minister's conference. And, and uh, I bowed my head down. Mark Morgan was preaching. And I bowed my head and I said, God, I need an answer right now. I need an answer right now. I, I don't want to be in your permissive will. I want to be in your perfect will. And as soon as I prayed that, I, li I lifted my head up and Mark Morgan looked at me like this. I'm talking about a God that answers instantly. He just walked right back to me. And I didn't know him personally. He said, few preachers have given unselfishly to the kingdom, and you're one of them. You're in the perfect will of God. Doesn't make any difference what anybody says, and you're not going to have to worry about nothing. And turned around and walked off. I thought, whoo, that's a quick answer. Was you there that night when George Guy and Zanesville... I was in Zanesville, and, and we helped out in Crooksville, but I felt so out of the will of God. I was supposed to be the pastor there, but I knew it wasn't the will of God. And, and that morning, or that afternoon, Jillian was sick, and so my wife was going to stay home with her. And I told her, I said, I'm packing my car tomorrow, or my truck. I'm leaving until I go find the will of God. She started crying. You got to leave me. I started crying, too. I said, Yeah. I can't stand it. I, I need to find the will of God. And so I went on to church and George Guy was preaching. Man, right up, and I bowed my head. I said, God, I need to know your will. I need to know your will. And, and I need an answer right now. As soon as I raised my head, Brother Guy said, Elder Bounds, you're out of the will of God. God doesn't want you in that little town. You'll know in a few days and you'll be happy. You ever had God to answer you instantly? Man, ain't nobody like him. I, I'm dependent on him. 
I can depend on him. You can depend on him. And before that, when we, when, when we were so miserable, we had built a church in Glen Ferris, and, and I felt a call to plant a church, and I didn't know what to do. And, and they called me from headquarters and said, would you be interested in being a home missionary to Salt Lake City? I was up at 2.30 in the morning. They said, we have to know tomorrow. And I told the Lord, I said, God, I had never done this, and I wouldn't tell anybody to do it, but I'm going to drop my Bible, and I want you to talk to me as plain as you can. And I dropped my Bible and said, go to Zion. That's what Salt Lake City is known as, Zion. Man, I'm telling you what, when you're in a desperate situation, you just sincerely talk to the Lord and He will hear and He will answer your prayer. There's hope for you. Praise God. Why should I worry when I'm confused or when trouble's around? I don't have to worry. He, he will deliver me from my fear. He'll help you in a time of trouble. He's your healer. He's your redeemer. He's your savior. And I'm telling you, he's in the house today. I've been serving the Lord since 1968. One thing I know about is God. I don't have much money, but I've got faith in God. I'm rich in faith today because I grew up seeing God heal people. I seen him touch my dad when he was dying. Elder Brother Garlitz, that's dead and gone on now. He was at church, and the doctor told my dad, you got three months to live. And, uh, and dad came to church, and he didn't come up for prayer for some reason, but he met him at the door. And he said, Brother Garlitz, uh, I've only got three months to live. He said, Homer, my dad's name was Homer. He said, the Lord tells me to tell you to take your, go home and take your Bible and don't eat anything and don't drink anything and humble yourself and pray and slip your Bible under your bed. Dad thought, that's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. But he had confidence in the preacher. And so he went home and put the Bible under his bed. He woke us up. Man, early in the morning, he was running through the house and dancing. He would skip and he was saying, my son, you're healed and you're sealed. God came to him in the night and took him to heaven and, and uh, he showed him the river of life. And dad said, I didn't want to come back. But he said, you're not finished yet. You're going back. But from that day, dad never had to take any medicine. And he lived eight more years of full, happy life. <laughs> Praise God. I've got confidence. I've got confidence in, in preachers. I've got confidence in, in the man of God. The Bible says when he saw their faith. You remember when the four guys brought the guy where Jesus was preaching and they couldn't get in because it was so full. So they went up and tore a hole in the roof. And they lowered him down. And the Bible says, and when Jesus saw their faith. I want him to see my faith today. I want to see a miracle happen in this place. How about you? There's something about the power of the name of Jesus. When Peter and John came up to the gate, beautiful, and there was a man there. And he said, alms, alms. He was crippled in his feet. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and his ankle bones received strength. Next thing you know, he was running through the temple, leaping and praising God. 
And there's power in the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about a God that can't do anything. Somebody, I heard them say the other day that they was talking to someone and the guy said, I don't want to hear about your God. He said, well, I tell you what, your God hadn't done nothing for you, but my God's done everything for me. I'm glad I don't serve a wooden God up on a pedestal that some guy carved with a carving knife or poured it out of plaster in a mold. They say that they had Simon Peter up on a pedestal and so many people have kissed his toe that it's replaceable and they'll take his toe off and put another one in there. Simon Peter hadn't done anything for me, but I live off of some of the things that he did. But I'm telling you what, the master that I pray to, his name is Jesus. I love his name and I love his church and I love his presence and I love to see people get touched by the master's hand. Debbie and I were sitting down the other day and we started thinking about miracles we've seen in Glenn Ferris alone and and, I, and we got to talking and I remember when the Hutchison family called and said, Danielle has to be taken back to the hospital. She had surgery and then scar tissue choked off her intestines and they had to go in and separate that and, and then... Uh, it, it happened. They said it's the same thing. She's having the same symptoms. She's in agony. She's crying. I said, just hold on. I'll be there. About 13 or 14 miles. And we drove down to Hanley, West Virginia. And Danielle's crying. She sits up on my lap. Just a little girl. And I laid hands on her head. And I just spoke the name that's above every name. I said, God, in Jesus' name, you're able to remove this scar tissue instantly. The frown left her face and she started smiling. She got down and started playing with her toys and never had to go to the hospital. What name did I use? It's not these hands. Look how crooked my finger is. I've had four surgeries on that finger. It's not these ugly hands that, that caused anything to happen. But when I obeyed the voice of the Lord and said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And I spoke that glorious name of Jesus. There's power in that name. It'll heal the broken. It'll heal the sick. It'll raise the dead. There's nobody like him. Praise God in all the earth. One guy that I pastored, Ron Lee, he's on my Facebook page, Ron Lee. He was pulling out from the church, and, and this man load of very, very, very big women hit him. They were so huge, it bent the seats over in the van. He was in the truck, like he's going, unconscious. But oh my goodness, he's dying. Ambulance came, they took him to the hospital. They did x-rays. They said, your back is fractured here, here, and here. Woo! But we laid hands on him in Jesus' name. The next day, they came in and said, we must have got your x-rays mixed up. <laughs> your back's not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You can go home. And then he had, another time, he had blocked intestines. And so they were going to go in and and they were going to clear those up. Same thing. We prayed the prayer of faith. They brought the x-rays in and said, Man, I don't know what happened. This is yesterday and this is today. 
So he told me one day, he called me one day, he said, Pastor, uh, my friend's just, she just had a baby and said they let her bring it home two days because it don't have a liver. And, or if it has a liver, it's not big enough. They weighed it, and they said it doesn't weigh enough to have a liver. Will you go pray? I said, absolutely. So I drove to Women's and Children's in Charleston, and they'd already taken the baby back, prepping it for surgery. And I just walked right on back. The lady said, are you the surgeon? I said, no, ma'am, I'm the preacher. She said, we believe in preachers here. That made me feel good. Come on in, preacher. We believe in preachers. I said, I want to pray for the baby. And they handed me that little baby. And man, I have a soft spot in my heart for babies anyway. But I, I just, we prayed. Ron and I prayed. I touched that little teeny head and prayed in the name of Jesus that this baby's liver would be corrected. We went out in the waiting room. And when the lady surgeon came out, she told the family, she said, I went in and opened it up, and it has a liver, and it's working perfectly. The baby looked like it had cirrhosis of the liver. It was almost orange. But I'm telling you what, the God I serve can put a liver in a baby. Hallelujah. I mean, I've got a whole list of things here. had a young girl named, her last name was Bibby. I don't remember her first name. She had a big knot came up on her leg. And, she, and they took her to Cleveland Clinic, and, and they told her she had a very quick growing tumor. And it was wrapping around her bone, and it was wrapping around her muscle, and it was wrapping around her arteries. And they said, we got to get that out immediately. Every service, she would come for prayer. She was on crutches, she came to prayer. Then she was in a wheelchair, and she came for prayer. And then, you know what? The next thing you know, she was on crutches, and... And uh, then they took her up to Cleveland Clinic, and Debbie and I went with them up there, and, and they gave us those beepers. They gave us those beepers, and, and we, we went down to get breakfast, and before we could even get our breakfast ate, the beeper went off, and we went up to her room, and the doctor said, you know what, I opened up her leg and said, that tumor had detached itself, and I just pulled it out, and it was big as a plate. It wasn't wrapped around the arteries. It wasn't wrapped around the bone. It wasn't wrapped around anything. It wasn't even fastened. And it had been fastened. I said, if you would have waited another week or two, that was a healing in process. God detached that tumor. I don't care what's wrong with you today. He can reach and touch you no matter what problem you have. Praise God. You might be suffering depression today. I feel that right now. You might be suffering depression. My wife and I kept her mom. Her mom had Alzheimer's. Six and a half years, we kept her mom. It was awful. I mean, she wasn't even the same lady. She got violent. She accused us of stealing. She accused, she accused your pastor of stealing. He woke up one night and she was over top of him. It's like she put that nightcap on and it just... He said, Dad, I woke up, and she was this close, said, where's my brooches? He was afraid she was going to kill him during the night, so he would bolt his door. But she got violent, and my wife kept getting in depression. She kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. If you've never experienced depression, you don't really know what I'm talking about. But I was preaching one service, and the Lord said, lay hands on your wife. And I just reached and laid hands on her. Man, I said, in the name of Jesus. She jumped up and started dancing. Woo, 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 woo. 
and she's dancing and we were holding hands and dancing. We danced all over the church. She said, when you spoke the name of Jesus, she said, I was in this deep, dark pit. But as soon as you spoke that name, it pulled me up into the light. She hasn't experienced depression since. If you're in depression today, he wants to pick you up out of your depression. He can touch you and make you ever withhold today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, then, then Ron Lee told me, or not Ron Lee, but uh, uh, Wayne Johnson, Johnston, he called me. He said he had heard about Ron Lee, and he said, my daughter's in the hospital in Montgomery, and her intestines are blocked. Will you come and pray? I said, absolutely. And, man, we prayed a prayer of faith. The same thing the next day the doctor came in. He said, I don't understand. Look at yesterday. Blockages here, here, and here. And we took another x-ray today to see where we need to go in. And her intestines are completely clear today. Man, what kind of God am I serving today? He's the God that hears and answers prayer. My neighbor was out in his yard one day. And I just sowed grass seed. And it was so dry. And my son David was there. He said, Dad, you need rain really bad. Or it's not going to do any good to plant these seeds. Let's pray for rain. We just started praying. We bonded together. God, in Jesus' name, I want you to send me some rain so my seed will germinate. Man, next thing you know, here comes rain and just soaked my yard. There wasn't rain all the way around. My neighbor came down. He said, I seen what y'all done. I said, what? He said, y'all prayed for rain and it rained. I said, yeah, that's the God I serve. I was working on Glen Ferris Church, and, and uh, you know, when you're a home missions pastor, you got to do everything. I put the Playco system on, and I was spraying it on instead of trying it, and, and it still looks good today. That stuff's expensive, and we were dirt poor. Man, all of a sudden, there come a rainstorm. You couldn't see. You, I mean, it was thunder and lightning and dark clouds. And I told my wife, I said, run in the church and tell the ladies to pray. There was a bunch of them in the basement. And I looked up to the heavens and I said, rain, I command you in Jesus' name, not the rain on this church. You know, the sky opened up all over the church and it was beautiful blue, like being in the middle of a hurricane. When it's calm, you could just see, and there was rain all the way around us that you couldn't see a half a mile. It was so fierce, but it never washed that off the church. All we got was a few sprinkles. You say, you believe you stopped the rain? No, I believe the name I spoke stopped the rain. I believe I commanded in Jesus' name. Praise God, there's power in the name of Jesus. God I serve can still heal. I was coming from D.C. one time. I'd been working in D.C. And, and there was a guy that was preaching on the radio. He said, God doesn't heal today. I thought, dude, you've come too late to tell me that. Wouldn't you hate to go to a church that didn't believe in healing? Pastor Jack Frost in the first church of the deep freeze. Church down where we used to live, he had a sign up that says, can't sleep, come and hear one of my sermons. I thought, boy, that's about the dumbest sign I've ever heard. I'm some dumb, but I ain't plumb dumb. And I know that wouldn't be a good, good sign to have on your church. 
But I'm here to tell you today that God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And he's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. There's nothing that he can't do. Amen. Praise God. There was a girl that I walked up on the mountain. Worst place, I wouldn't live in a brand new house up that place. Taylor Hill. It was steep. And uh, I walked up there and inviting people to church. The Bible says go and compel them to come in. I knocked doors. I think I knocked five or six houses. And, and all the families came except one family. And uh, one of the, I baptized 18 of them in the river in Jesus' name. One of them came. One of the daughter-in-laws came. She was rough. Her ex-husband had put volumes in the baby's bottle to shut it up and actually destroyed that baby's brain. She had divorced him, and, and she, she was just rough as could be. Man, she came to the altar, and we prayed with her, and, and she received the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. The next Sunday, she showed up. I thought it was a new visitor. I ain't never seen anybody's face change like that in my life. But I'm telling you what, I don't care how rough you are or how low you're down. God could come into the house and he could touch you and make you whole. I worked with a guy. He was, he was mean. I didn't like him. You ever worked with anybody you just didn't like? I couldn't stand to work with him. He was just filthy mouth, lazy and mean. Man, I was sitting on the platform. Here he comes in the church. I thought... I always heard people say the roof's going to fall in if I come to church. I thought, we're testing it today. Because <laughs> he's about the worst person I ever met. Man, he came in. He had eight children. And they sat on the third seat back. And they filled up a 16-foot pew. And we started having church. And the guy actually put pot seeds in my pastor's hedges to try to get him in trouble. But I didn't know the pastor... One of the prayer cloths we paid, prayed for, he actually threw it over in his yard. But man, the guy, when the altar call was given, here, here he comes down the aisle. And man, he hit the altar, and, and his wife was in the altar, and all eight kids were in the altar repenting, and all of them got baptized, and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. One of them just connected to me yesterday on Facebook, and I thought, God, you proved to me that anybody can be saved. Don't give up on your brother, and don't give up on your children, because he's the very present help in the time of trouble. His hands are open wide. He can do anything and everything. Go to, go to Parkersburg Church. That's our last church we planted. And then David took over. And, and he's baptized almost 700 in the last four years. Wild people. you got to watch your pocketbook when you go to that church because all of them don't serve God. They have been known to steal the pocketbook. Rough-looking people and prisoners coming in, man. But I'm telling you, they lift their, their hands and tears running down their face. And every Sunday, there's people lining up to be baptized. And their lives are changed. You know why? Because God cares about everyone. He cares about the prisoners. That's why they go to the prison and preach. They've got a, they've got a, a little house for pregnant, unwed mothers. 
It's getting ready to open and there's a whole line of them. You know why? Because they know that Jesus cares even for the, the person that's on the street corner because he'll take you from the street corner and put you in the amen corner. He'll take you off the bar stool and put you in the throne room. He cares about me, and I'm here to tell you today, the God I serve, He won't turn you away, but He said, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. I could stand here for, for hours and tell you about things that I've seen and people that I've seen get healed. Man, He's an incredible God, and I'm glad I serve the Lord. I'm just looking over so many things. Just, just This is only about 25 of the 100 that happened in Glen Ferris. And when we were traveling, we had 50 miracles when we were raising money for Ripley. Debbie had them all listed, and then her computer crashed, and she lost all of them. But there are so many people that have been healed. One guy, he came up at the end of the service. I'd pray for people. Uh, longer than I preached and, and, the, and the pastor said hey his son was in a motorcycle wreck and he's only 30, 35 I think said he can't get out of the bed his mom has to change his diaper all the time and, and would you pray over this prayer cloth so he had a handkerchief I said yes let's pray the name of Jesus man the pastor he contacted me the next week he said when that brother took that home and put it on him the very next morning the boy got up and went to bathroom room on his own. I'm telling you what, that's big. What do you need today? Run on up here, sweetheart. Oh, you can't run. You're just... She just twisted her leg, but she's getting better. I'm telling you what, he's an incredible God. He can still move mountains. He's not confined but he confounds he doesn't resign but he resounds he's not surprised but he surrounds he can't be stopped praise God hallelujah we're living in terrible times but I'm not afraid I know he's in absolute control and the stage is being set for his second coming I heard somebody say well I'm so scared to death I wish people quit talking about the end time I want to talk about the end time because we're going to rise so high our spirit's going to spread its wings through the sky because the risen one is coming to take us away we're going to live forever in his kingdom someday I'm going to rise Darwin's going to wonder when something's amiss when he tries to figure out how I evolved to this Newton's going to question his law of gravity when he tries to figure out why gravity don't apply to me. Because the church is going to rise. Let's stand today and bow our heads. While your head's bowed, come into my heart. Come into my heart. Oh, come into my heart Lord Jesus come in today come in come in to stay come into my heart Lord Jesus can you say that today come into my heart, oh, come in to my heart, 
come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in, come in today, come in, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I'd been praying for my oldest brother that's alive now and never gone to church. And I'd pray, Lord, some way, some way, get a hold of him. He was out in the middle of nowhere down in Florida fishing and said he popped around this corner and there's a guy sitting in a boat there. And he said, I could tell he was really upset. Him and his boy, he said, I pulled around there and and I said, hey, man, you broke down. He said, yeah, I've been working on this thing for weeks. And we were going to go spot some ducks because so, we wanted to go duck hunting. It's getting ready to open. He said, but now we're broke down. He said, where do you live? He said, I live in Mims. He said, that's where I live. He said, what's your name? He said, Chuck Bounds. He said, do you know Frank and Aaron Bounds? Brother Christman, in the middle of nowhere, Pastor Jody Wells said, said, Brother Bounds, he said, you could drive by there and not even see where you put a boat in. It's just isolated. And he said, I looked at your brother and I said, now, Chuck, you know this is not coincidence. But God put you and me together. Do you think God cares that much? I know he cares that much. Man, if you've got a need right now, I want you to bow your heads and I want you to ask the Lord to, to uh, meet your need. I'm telling you what, He's here and he wants, to, he wants to fulfill a miracle in your life right now. Can we pray God in Jesus' name? You're the miracle worker. I can't do it, Lord. I can't calm the raging sea and I can't... I can't do the impossible, but I can speak your name, Lord, and I can pray the prayer of faith. And you said that if I asked, that I'd receive. If I'd seek, I would find. If I'd knock, it'd be open unto me. We're knocking, Lord, and we're asking and we're seeking today. There's folks in this house, Lord, that have a need. I pray that you would touch them today. In Jesus' name. If you're sick in body and you want prayer this morning, won't you just step out and come on down? We want to anoint you in Jesus' name and pray the prayer of faith. Praise God. Well, who can speak to a crippled and they stand right up and walk? And who can cause a deaf and dumb to hear and start to talk? And who can touch a fevered brow? Said, let it be with a little bit of clay washed it away and the blinded eyes can see. I'm telling you, he can. And I know that he'll stand all by your side when the world comes tumbling in. Well, no one ever done what he's done for he laid down his life and he rose to live again. 
Oh, now what can cause an old man that's about to say goodbye? Oh, to lift up both of those feeble hands with the tears in his eye. When loved ones are gathered all around him, he can smile and say, don't fear. For the one that brought me through the storm is going to take me home from here. I'm telling you, he can. You believe it today? I know that he'll stand. Oh, by your side when the world comes tumbling in. Oh, no one ever done what he's done. He laid down his life and he rose to live again. If you don't know the Lord today, he laid down his life. He wants to forgive you of your sins. Man, you can repent of your sins right here. And pastor can take you over here and baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and everything you've ever done, every mistake you've ever made. When you come up by the water, God will not remember it anymore. But you're like a brand new baby in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm glad I've been through the water and I've been baptized. Oh, I'm telling you, He can. And I know that He'll stand. Oh, by your side when the world comes crashing in. Oh, and no one ever done what he's done. Well, he laid down his life and he rose to live again. There's nobody like him. Let's lift our hands right now in Jesus' name. God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, we lift up your name and we magnify you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. You're the wonderful counselor and the mighty God. Praise God. Pastor, come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Why don't we lift our hands, just worship the Lord. If you're here this morning and you need a touch in your body, don't leave here without coming and being prayed for today. Amen. How many believe that God can do it? Amen. It doesn't matter how long it's existed, how long it's been there. How, how many know that he is before all things and by him all things consist? Come on. How, how many believe that he can touch your body? Brother Walter, you want us to pray for your feet this morning? Come on. Come on. Why don't you come up here? Anybody else have an ailment in your body? Do you think the Lord can do a work in your body? I believe he wants to. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.